you know, I can't help but notice that um, everything has pointed to what he's done. And what he's done because he's been true to his name. Who he is, his name, that name. We ask in Jesus' name. There's a lot in Scripture that talks about his name. And one of those places, when we look at the, uh, the high priestly prayer, you know, we, we, we call the Lord's Prayer, you know, we look at it in Matthew and it's our Father which art in heaven. But when we really get down to it, if you look at John 17, we see the Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus himself, one-on-one with the Father, and it's recorded for us. And in one of those places that pertain to the name of God, as he's praying, and he says in John 17, uh, verse 11, and he's praying for the disciples, and then he goes on to pray for those in whom that would come to know him through the disciples, through the apostles. So it's a beautiful prayer about himself, where he's headed, what's going on. Then, uh, about the disciples that had been with him, who would be our apostles. And then, for those who would come to believe, which is us, through their message. But he says in John chapter 17, verse 11, he says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. This is all red letters, if you've got a red-letter Bible. And he goes on to say, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me. Did you catch that? Keep them in your name, which you have given me. Why? That they may be one, even as we are one. How close does the Father Father want us to be? How close does Jesus want us to be with him, them, however you want to look at it? He wants us to be one. He wants us to be one, just as he and the Father are one. That's a beautiful thing, and he goes on to continue to pray about that. And he also goes on to pray and says, Father, I don't ask you to take them out of this world. As much as we want to get out, Jesus prayed, don't take them out. They're what this world needs. It's what they need to see. And by the time we get to Acts uh, chapter 4, we got people accusing them of, these men are unlearned. Yet they turned the world upside down. These men are unlearned. The, the, the original in that is they're unlettered. It means they don't have, you know, PhD in front of their name or MD or the TH in front of it. They weren't lettered. They were just common fishermen. I fit that description as a common ordinary man. And he said, guys, I don't want them taken out of this world. They're what this world needs. And that's us here today. The same thing. How many know that this world is short on days as we know it? Is time short? 
And the reason why I say that this world is short on time is because the Bible says it. Not me. You know, I, I say to you, you know what, go by Acts 17. Don't believe a word I say today unless you check it with the word. And if it doesn't line up, throw it out, forget it. It's all about what the word has to say. And what the word has to say about this world says that it's um, in Romans chapter 8, verse 21. It says, all creation will be set free or at liberty. Why? On the day and when the sons of God are revealed. There's coming a day that this earth, it yearns, it cries out for liberation. So, you know, sometimes people make fun of uh, people who are tree huggers and really love the environment and all that stuff. Well, God cares too. God cares too. He's looking forward to what it's going to be. Can you imagine what it's going to be like on that day? What we see now, we go up to the burger or, or wherever we travel in the world. Wow, we are just awed. We are awestruck. We are full of all. That word awful, awful. We're just full of awe when we see these things. And the Lord's concerned about that as well. But you know what? We leave here and we walk out those doors and we've got the world before us and we've got a world that presses and it squeezes and it wants you to fit into its mold. Does it or does it not? And is it easy to, to slip in the stream and go with the flow? Because that's the easy thing. But honestly, folks, I mean, it's easier here today to recognize and realize, you know what? That's not for me. We're supposed to be in the world and not of the world, it says. And Jesus prayed that we wouldn't be taken out as well. So we're kind of stuck with it whether we like it or not. We're in that place. And today I just want to give us a a perspective that's real because there is a real world out there and it's really going to hell. And it's got an opportunity to be introduced to the king and his kingdom even through us who he prayed for that we might be one as he and the father are one. What would that look like out in this world? In James chapter 4, um, verse 8, which, which would be the, the, the verse that I would love to speak on today, even if I get to it. <laughs> I don't know if I will. But it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Do you have you ever thought about what that looks like? Zolani, stand up. As I take a step to you, you take a step towards me. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. How close do you want to be? How close do you want to be? Seriously, here it is. It's up to us, not him. Not him. He already tells us what that looks like. And we have that opportunity every day as we get up. 
And you know what? We might have some worth for this world out there that's dying and going to hell because they might see the truth of the fact that we're part of a kingdom that's not of this world. You know, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of this world. Uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He also says, the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is in you. Right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Revelation 12 says that on that day, when the enemy is chucked down and cast down, that salvation will come, the fullness of what we know of it. So will the power, the glory, and the kingdom. We just have, you know what? We're glimpses of the kingdom to this world that's out there. And what represents that kingdom? The fact that we're part of it. I don't know if you've ever really thought about a kingdom and what that consists of. And the kingdom of God. If you have a kingdom, and I'm looking for some answers here, guys. You just shout them out. If you have a kingdom, what's in that kingdom? A king. Really? And what's a king all about? Is it somebody you just don't listen to? And, ah, the king. It's not like our presidents or our, yeah, things like that, which we're supposed to respect and pray for. But we have a king, and there's a kingdom. What else is in a kingdom, or what else makes up a kingdom? Subjects, people, absolutely. What else? What else? Huh? Boundaries. You can look at that as boundaries in that sense. You know, there's usually a gate. There's protection. There's walls. However you want to look at it, we get good glimpses of what heaven's like, what the kingdom of heaven is like. You know, Matthew mentions that, I think, 33 times in his gospel alone. And there's subjects that are there that make up the kingdom. And there's rules that pertain to the kingdom that we should live by and abide by if we're going to be subjects to that kingdom. But you know what? This world has no clue about that. And we're supposed to be that representative of the king and his kingdom here on earth. Now, the world is sliding in a direction and it's going to keep going that way. And that's what the word says. It is going to get worse before it gets better. And how do we stand in that world is really what it comes down to. And I think there's a lot to do with us personally, how that happens. You know, we're here and, you know, we might have said today, you know what, let's get up and go to church. But it should have been, let's gather together as the church. Because the church is made up of individuals. It's not this building. We are the church. We may be many members, but we're of one body. And that being the case... We should act like that body as opposed to being divided or the eye saying I have no need of or the hand saying I have no need of, like it says in Romans. But it's 
It's really about you and him drawing near to him, how it affects everything around us. If part of the body is infected, you don't want it to infect something else or somebody else as well. And staying close and drawing near to God keeps us from that place. But the world would say different. The world says go with the flow. You know what? Even, let me ask this. How do you, how do you see the state of the church today as a whole? And I'm not talking just this church, this body, but as a whole throughout the world. Is it in good health? No. I heard one person say no. Anybody else? What do you say? Huh? It's weak. Okay. Weak. Huh? Not too bad. Okay. Could be better. That's all right. Man of hope. (laughs) Reality. It's true. We're in a lot of those places. It can be. But you know what? It's all affected by our own health and our relationship with him that reflects what this all looks like out here. And again, he says, be in this world, but not of it. How many of you know we can be worldly-minded? And God says in James chapter 4 that being a friend of the world is being a, or at, enmity with God or an enemy to God. So if this world is more comfortable for me or for you, rather than the kingdom, I may may need to do a little bit of introspection. Or if the the draws and the concerns of this world are more important than the kingdom, I may be more worldly-minded than I am kingdom-minded. And that may just be a shift in focus. That may be, boy, I didn't realize that. Or it may be, get on my knees, as James goes on to say, just after this, or in the middle of this verse, James chapter 4, verse 8. Wash your hands, you sinners. Cleanse your way. And he's talking, and James is writing to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. It's for us. He's not saying, wash your hands necessarily for salvation. But you know what? When the puppy comes in from the outside, as much as you love it, and it's like, oh, I just love my puppy. Do you let him just jump up on you with dirty paws? In muddy paws? No, you don't want that. Although sometimes, there it is, it happens. He's on my lap before I knew it. You know what? And you know what? Maybe with us and the Father, we have that type of relationship. You know, repentance nowadays almost seems like, you know, there's some churches that won't even, repent, won't even preach repentance or talk about the blood because some people might not come or sin or something like that. But repentance is isn't a bad word. You know, one of the ways you can look at repentance, and, and, and when, when I say repentance, what do, you, what do you know it as? What's repentance mean? Change your mind. Turn away. Other direction, I've heard. All of those things. And you know, it's so true, but it, almost, it can almost come with a finger pointed. Turn. 
turn or burn, you know, or whatever. However, it can almost come with a, with a finger pointed when we think of repentance. And, and it can be such a strong thing. And that's why some churches don't want to talk about that. But the reality is, and, and just in your mind, maybe think of it like this. You know, you have a friend who calls you up and you haven't seen for the longest longest time and it's like you can't believe you just talked to them on the phone and you're so excited and I'm only just a little ways away I'm in wherever Queenstown come okay wow I can't believe this and you're just like wow this is great this is so good I'm getting to see and you're going down the road and you should have been there already but your friend calls and says, hey, um, is everything okay? I thought you'd be here by now. And he's like, well, I, I thought I should be by now as well, but I'm just driving. And your friend says, well, tell me where you're at. He's like, I don't know. I've never been to where you are before. And he says, well, tell me some things that are around you so that I might be able to guide you in the right direction. And he points out a billboard and he points out a building. And the friend says, oh, friend, stop. Get off at the next exit and turn around. Come back and you'll find me. And repentance can be the same way. It's nothing more than the Lord saying, wait a second, you're going in the wrong direction. Just like a loving friend would tell you that you're going in the wrong direction. I can't wait to spend time with you. Follow my directions. It's not a point the finger. It's, I just want you here with me. I can't wait to see you. And sometimes that takes a little washing of the hands or something like that, that there's nothing in the way. There's no dirt that gets in the way and blocks the relationship that we have with him. Um, and so with that today as well, what does it look like to draw near to God? What does it look like? How do we do that, you may say? You may say, I am so far away, or I'm so entangled in the world. It may be a matter of hearing the voice say, repent, which means turn around. I want to spend time with you. You're going the wrong way. It could be that. It could be as well as, like a child, you know our kids that have come up and kind of nuzzled under your arm to get up on the couch next to you and, and sit on your lap? could be that. It could be something like that as well. Some of us just need to knock on the door and say, Lord, it's me. I've been away for a while. And what would he say? Welcome, my son, come on in. Welcome, daughter. I can't wait to put my arms around you. And every day, an opportunity to draw near. It's before us. It's our choice. He's ready. How close, church, brothers, sisters, do we want to be when it comes to that? You know, and, 
in his well, wanting to hear from him. And sometimes it's like, God, but you seem so far away. But he says, but you really don't know how near I am. He does say that. And you know what? His word is well. The book that we hold. Guys, ladies, that is a love letter personally written to each one of us. Don't you want to pick it up and say, Father, I want to know what you wrote and left for me to read. I'd hate to get to heaven and say, I had your letter, but I didn't get a chance to read it, Father. Think of the importance of the word. If you go through and do a word study on the word, you'll know how important it is. It's a lamp unto your feet. It's healing. It's a hammer. It's a fire. It's comfort. It tells us he is the counselor. Getting depressed, feeling anxiety, we run to a counselor when he says, I am the counselor. It's right there. It's in his letter that he's left you and me personally. We need to take the time. And anything that I said today and the truths of what was said comes from that. It's right there. It's for us. He says, do you want to hear from me? Pick it up. And as as you pick it up and you're reading the letter, it's like he's speaking to you as you're looking at it. Do we take the time to pick it up? I just urge you, church, not just talk about it, but let's live it. Let's put it before us. That is drawing near as you look at the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we look at Jesus when we read about him, we know who the father is. And we know that he and the father have the same name and they are one. And they are one. And all you have to do is go back and look at God says, you know, we have a lot of names for God. El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Elohim, you name it. Here they are up on the walls. Those are names we've given him. But God says, you know what? I have a name, and this is what it is. And you guys can go and read it and do your homework. It's in his letter. And it's Exodus 34, verses 5, 6, and 7. He says, and I will go before you, and he's talking to Moses, and I will tell you my name. Not man giving him a name for who he is and what he's done. He says, I will go before you, Moses, and tell you my name. And he does. And he lives up to his name, as biblical names meant something back then. Go home and read it. You'll see who God says he is and that he lives up to every single one of the things that he says he is. Just like the fruit of the Spirit, it's all one thing. It's not like you pick one or pick the other. That's what it is, the whole list. And God's name is the same thing in Exodus 34. Take the time, church, to read that today. Anyway, uh, just want to encourage you, live for the king and his kingdom. Live for the king and his kingdom. All these things out here will work out. All of this will work out when we get this right. 
You see what I'm saying? Get this right, this works out. Get this right, and this works out. And we can walk out those doors and be a worth to this world. And please our Father and be pleased that we've pleased our Father. Father, thank you for the truth of your word and who you are and that you live up to who you are and you are faithful. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that's in it. And Father, we look forward just like creation looks forward to you making us those sons of God and your return. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Show us how to draw near. Help us to draw near. For we know that you're not far away, according to your word, if we think that way. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done and what you're looking to do and what you're going to do. We can't even fathom. But it's in your name, in the name that you were given, the same name as your Father, God. We praise you. Amen.